Owen Marbury was part owner of an IT service business. Now he's locking horns with his ex-partner Devin and fighting for his reputation and his freedom. But when Michaela Stanford, his former college bestie and crush, walks back into his life, he's reminded of the fire that still burns between them. As their 20-year college reunion approaches, they have a chance to rekindle their friendship and explore love once again. But Owen's battle with Devin is getting in the way of pursuing things with Michaela. With Devin breathing down their necks and threatening their lives, Owen must decide whether to give in or fight for his heart's desire. This is the premise of Secret Second Chances, a friends to lovers second chance romance available on Amazon on March 5th. Pick up your copy today. Hi, y'all. This is Y.M. Nelson with episode four of the Nerdy Romantics podcast. Today we are talking Star Trek Picard, the newest installation of the Star Trek franchise. It is on CBS All Access and what I want to talk about today is of course season one, which is the only season that's out at this point. As we are recording, they have announced a possible Easter egg for season two two of Star Trek Picard, which we'll talk about that later. But what I'd like to do is talk about Star Trek Picard as the perfect bomb for a Trekkie like me. I'm one of those Star Trek next generation Trekkies and everything pretty much that came after time-wise that came after Star Trek The Next Generation with the exception of Star Trek Discovery which actually time-wise comes before the Picard Enterprise. But before we get all technical and all um, very much nerdy about Star Trek, I'd like to warn everybody that this podcast episode will have spoilers. I'm just going to do a just just basic fan just gush about Star Trek Picard. How about we do that? We just do a like a little love fest here. I'm going to talk about the timing and how cool or coincidental the timing is. I'm going to talk about the Easter eggs that I like that make it hap- make me happy to be a TNG Trekkie. And, you know, I'm also going to talk about a couple of things that maybe bug me or maybe I just think are just like, oh my gosh, weird. Or maybe not even, oh my gosh, weird, just, oh my gosh. All right. So here we go. (laughs) 
So again, we're talking Star Trek Picard, the newest installation of the Star Trek franchise. And I want to give another little warning. We are going to be talking spoilers. So if you haven't seen season one, and I'm saying season one in its entirety, because we're just going to talk spoilers for across episodes. Just a background story about um, how I started watching Star Trek Picard. So um, the whole season had already uh, come out on CBS All Access. I started watching after the whole season came out because I love the binge watch concept and the series is set up on that whole binge watch concept. It has an arc. Basically, the whole season is a is like one episode of the TNG franchise or any or any of the other Star Trek. It's, it's like the storyline goes over the whole season. So it's like as we see one episode of TNG, we're presented with the problem, we're presented with the complication, we're trying to work through it, we have some issues, and then we come across the solution and then they implement the solution, right? And they do that every episode of TNG. But with this particular series, they've set it up where that whole thing goes across the whole season. So as you're watching, I think they released this episode by episode um, each week. I think basically they should just put it out like Netflix and just have a whole season of it out at one time because the episodes or the season is set up just like as if you were going to binge watch this. So of course I could not binge watch this in one sitting, but basically you can binge watch it in a weekend. I think it's nine episodes or 11 episodes. I'm sorry, it's 11 episodes. So it's not something that, well, not something that I can do physically in one day. I, you know, I did spread out the binge watching, but I did binge watch this. I waited until the season was over and then I saw it. And I think that's the best way to watch this. So let me talk a little bit about the timing. I am one of those uh, Trekkie nerds that there is an old school station here that shows Star Trek, every episode of Star Trek, like back to back for all of the um, original Star Trek series, the original series, TNG, DS9, Voyager, and Enterprise. I watch those every night. So I'm that kind of nerd. Yes, I am that kind of nerd. If you know from TNG, these are the the last two episodes of TNG are a part one and a part two with Q. And basically, they go across time periods. There's a current time period. There's the time period or when they first got the Enterprise when it was still in um, space dock. And then there's a time period where Picard is in the future. So this is basically Picard jumping through these three time periods and trying to figure out what in the world is going on. And of course, Q is involved. It's really cool to see this particular 
two episodes and it's partic- it's particularly cool to see 25 years into the future because if you think about this 25 years into the future would be right now for Star Trek a- as of the time that they released Star Trek Picard season one episode one that is around 25 years since they made or since they aired the last episode of Star Trek TNG so again as we know about time travel and as we know that there's been some movies and stuff has happened in between the last episode and we also know that Picard did tell everybody this is the future which is against time travel rules you're not really supposed to do that but he did that because basically they've already altered time so technically what we see at the end of Star Trek TNG their the future selves is not exactly what the future is going to be but I also think it's so unbelievably cool to connect the end of Star Trek TNG and what they predicted or what they kind of saw as a possible future to right now Star Trek Picard which is literally 25 years into the future which is what they were showing us 25 years into the future so of course as I was watching that I said you know what I need to watch Star Trek Picard right now because I'm wanting to connect like what in their future in that one particular timeline did they keep or did they even did they even keep any of it um what connected Star Trek TNG and those last couple episodes to what we're seeing now in Star Trek Picard. So my mind is, of course, going through this time travel thing and going through all this other kind of stuff. And after that happened, I ended up saying, oh my gosh, you know, this whole season is out now. So I'm going to go and I'm going to watch this whole season. I've got to see what they connected. I've got to see what happened I've also got to see what did they take from the movies that happened between the time because, of course, as we know in Star Trek, I believe that was Star Trek Nemesis, the one that nobody seemed to like for some odd reason. We see that, you know, Picard has a kid, right, and or had a kid. Uh, and, but then the big thing about it is that Data died in that. They're showing in the trailers that data is in the trailers and they're they're showing not him in pieces and not that it's b2 which is the other android that they found and pieced together in star trek nemesis so there's technically another Android, another soon type data Android that they do have. So I guess that was kind of a way out kind of thing when they killed off data. But they're actually saying that this is data. That kind of worried me. That kind of bothered me. Because that bothered me, um, I was like, I have to see what goes on. I, I-, I have to see this series 
I knew I was going to see this series, unlike Star Trek Discovery, which we'll talk about in another episode. I just felt like I just had to see this and I had to see what they did with it. First off, I love the series. I absolutely love it. I especially love all the little Easter eggs that they put in every episode. And I also love the fact that they have all these Easter eggs in this uh, season and this one season of Star Trek Picard. But this is only like the tip of the iceberg for all of these franchises. And then, you know, even though Star Trek Picard is referencing Star Trek The Next Generation, which is TNG, by the way. I was wondering if they were going to bring in DS9, which is the direct spinoff of TNG, Star Trek Deep Space Nine, and if they were going to bring in Star Trek Voyager, which, of course, Voyager is about the Delta Quadrant and is actually not really a spinoff of TNG. It's more of a spinoff of DS9. You know, because they're going to, they kind of go through the Maquis and, you know, the Maquis is part of Voyager's crew and blah, 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 and the Badlands and all that other kind of stuff. As you can see, I'm kind of a, yeah, uh, you can tell. I'm I'm, kind of giddy about the whole Star Trek franchise, but I was wondering if they were going to do all of that stuff, if they were going to actually bring in all of the, all of the series of Star Trek post uh, TNG and post TNG, if they were going to bring in the movies, etc. And they did a lot of that. They even brought in some mentions from the original series, some mentions from some of the movies. And while, you know, I'm a big Trekkie fan and a big Trekkie nerd, I don't have some of the reference of the original series I don't have some of the reference of some of the movies and I'm not going to go over all the Easter eggs here. There's just a, there's not enough time to do that. And B, I just want to talk about the ones that I like and the ones that really got to me as a TNG Trekkie that I am. A couple of the Easter eggs that I really love come from, well, really two different episodes. The first is from episode five and the others are from episode seven. So episode five has probably the, to me, the most Easter eggs or the most ones that resonated with me. Episode five starts off with a woman actually harvesting some parts from a Borg. And I'm not going to really necessarily go into like, do a story explanation of each episode. At the beginning of the episode, where you see a a group harvesting parts from a Borg, it's very gruesome. I had to look away for some of it because I'm I'm not down with digging out somebody's eyeball. Um, I'm not down with that. But I noticed that the person that they were harvesting the organs from was Ichib. And it's that's a big Easter egg, right? It's a huge Easter egg because Ichib, as we know, is from Voyager. And, and I just I just thought that was so cool. I mean, this is Star Trek Picard. 
up until the end of episode four. At the end, they reveal that uh, Seven of Nine is going to be part of the rest of the season, basically, or, or part of this whole gang of people who are trying to save the world or trying to save the universe. Of course, as we know, Seven of Nine is in Star Trek Voyager, and Star Trek Voyager doesn't have a direct link with Star Trek TNG. So I just, I I thought that was kind of cool that Seven of Nine was going to be there. Looking at episode five, we see that, oh my gosh, it's Ichib. And it's not just the character, they a character they've named Ichib or somebody that they've named Ichib. It's actually the guy who played Ichib in Star Trek Voyager. They also do this, I think this is in episode three when we meet Hugh. The thing about Star Trek Picard is, um, and the the reason that they can kind of connect, connect Voyager with TNG is because they've harvested this board cube. And there's a whole story behind that. But they've harvested this board cube. And so... Now we've got the Borg, which was a big part of Voyager and which was also that's uh, we meet the Borg in TNG. So that's how they kind of connect these. And in TNG, they had a Borg that they ended up calling Hugh or he ended up calling himself Hugh that they um, that was severed from the collective. They had uh, left him at us at a site that, you know, they were at. But we see Hugh in an episode previous to episode five. And what I thought was cool there was that that's the same actor who played Hugh in TNG. What I also think is kind of cool is, or what I thought was kind of cool was my assumption is that because the Borg have implants and have like technology you know, that would kind of keep them from aging. But as we know, these are real actors and they do age. 25 years is, or how many ever years that it was, less than 25, but how many ever years that was, people do age. And so I thought it was kind of cool that they, you know, shown, that they showed kind of, they gave him, you know, some facial makeup. So if he has, you know, any aging kind of things going on, it's kind of covered up by this facial makeup because he was severed from the collective. So, you know, there's some implants still there and some, and some, you know, places where they've had to kind of piece him together. And there's a whole story behind Hugh post TNG, you know, to get to this point. But I thought that was a cool and very poignant Easter egg for me. It just, it brought, you know, kind of tears to my eyes to see what happened to Ichib. But I also just think it was cool that they got the same guy to play him. Also, it brought out the whole connection that Seven of Nine has to Ichib and Seven of Nine has and two I think that Seven of Nine had to all four of those kids who they liberated from the board collective. Ichib of course was the oldest of the the kids. She just was a mother figure and you saw that. You saw that in Star Trek Voyager and of course they 
illuminated here in episode five of Star Trek Picard. Another thing that I was wondering how they were going to get in there is how were they going to get in any DS9 references? And were they going to get any DS9 references in there? I think the biggest thing or the biggest connection for me between TNG and DS9 is the fact that Chief O'Brien and Lieutenant Worf, who becomes Commander Worf, how they're both on DS9. O'Brien's there for the whole series. Worf is there for half, a little over half of the series. And Worf and O'Brien are not in Star Trek Picard season one. So I was wondering how they were going to get the connection from to DS9, how they were going to get that, or are they going to bring that in? So this is another reason why episode five is just so cool because they bring in DS9 and they bring it in in the form of Quark. They go to this, they're looking for Bruce Maddox, which another really cool Easter egg. And so the whole Bruce Maddox connection connects data to the whole thing. Of course, Bruce Maddox, if you know from TNG, is the one who wanted to study data to make more datas. And so that's how, you know, that whole thing came up. So they're trying to find this Bruce Maddox guy. And then they are going to this place called Free Cloud. And this is where you see the DS9 connection. So Free Cloud is kind of like this Vegas type planet that has all these hedonistic things that will appeal to you. So of course, this is the best place for Quark to have a bar. And as we know, Quark on DS9 has his bar. Quark has a bar on Free Cloud. So they mention Quark in relation to that bar. There's uh, all these ads and the ads are all holograms that get projected into your ship when you enter free cloud space. And of course, as we know, um, Quark loves to make money off his uh, holographic suites and he loves his Orion Slave Girl program, which they do mention Orion Slave Girls in this episode as one of the experiences that you can have. And... One of the, well, the pilot, he's going in and doing this covert op and he mentions Quark and how Quark helped him with the brain, which as we know, the brain there, they were barely kind of mentioned on TNG, but really they were um, big time mentioned on DS9 because the brain were in conjunction with the Dominion for a big part of Dominion... Federation, Cardassian, Klingon war, that, that big multi-planet war. So, so that was kind of cool. And, and getting back to the connection between TNG and the other series, you know, we're wondering how in the world can Voyager have a connection? Specifically, how can Picard have a connection with Seven of Nine? When the Enterprise first encountered the Borg, we know that Picard was captured and was made to be a soundboard 
he would he became a Borg for a while. And his Borg name was Lacutus. He was the only named Borg at the time. So as we know with the Borg, w- once you become a Borg, you get all that info. You hear all those voices. You know these people. So you know everybody in the collective because it is a true collective, right? So of course, Seven of Nine would know who Picard is. Not just because he's Jean-Luc Picard, but because he's the cutest of Borg. They have this kind of familiarity, you know, between Borg and human, but they have this kind of connection that if you are even a partial Trekkie, you might suspect, but you don't really know. Rios and Rafi, who are along for the ride, um, they explain, they explain about Picard used to be a Borg and how maybe they have that connection. So in case you forgot, that's how they have that connection. So they connect the dots for you. So the other big thing to me in episode five, that was kind of like an Easter egg for episode five was, um, when they go and onto free cloud and they actually connect with the person who has Dr. Bruce Maddox and who they're trying to get Dr. Bruce Maddox from a woman named Bejazel. We find of course that this woman is the same woman that's harvesting these Borg implants from Borg in the very beginning. So we see this entry or re-meeting of Bejazel and Seven of Nine. And so Bejazel calls Seven of Nine Annika. And of course, I'm just like, oh my gosh, giddy, because Annika is Seven of Nine's human name before she became Borg. And so I just thought that was cool that they weave that in there. That's episode five and kind of the things that I loved about Star Trek Picard from episode five. So in the next podcast, I want to talk about episode seven of Star Trek Picard. And I want to also talk about some things that that kind of get to me um, just in general about Star Trek Picard. Um, or some things that I just think, um, maybe I'm just thinking too hard about this, but isn't this kind of weird kind of thing. Come on back for the next episode of this, a part two, if you will, of, um, my love fest for Star Trek Picard to be notified when part two drops, please subscribe to this podcast wherever you get your podcast, You can also check on my website, ymnelson.com. That's ymnelson.com for new podcast episodes, my podcast page, all of my books that are out, and if you want to connect with me on social media. Thanks for listening and see you on the next episode. Stardate, not too distant future. 
Brandon is a diehard Trekkie. He's watched every Star Trek franchise episode multiple times. He has several cosplay and collectible uniforms in his closet. Commander Will Riker is his favorite cosplay character, and he's been to dozens of conventions. But he's never met or gotten in a fight with another Trekkie like Phoenix. Phoenix is looking forward to her first Star Trek convention until she meets Brandon. He's nothing like the Riker character she loves to hate. He's combative, socially awkward, and off-putting. But he's so adorable. Phoenix and Brandon keep running into each other, each time more heated than the next. With three days of convention to get through, will they get past the hostility and find what they know is there? Attraction and perhaps love? This is the premise of Stardate, a free e-story for my newsletter subscribers, available on February 1st. If you like Trekkie romance, romantic comedy, or just like to see a little grumpy sunshine trope, this story is for you. Go to ymnelson.com backslash subscribe and get your free copy.